Good morning all, Steve Parisi here with IBC Global. Hope your day is off to a fantastic start as usual. Today, we've got a guest, Captain Timmons. Steve Timmons, how are you today? I'm wonderful, how are you? Great, thanks for asking. So, I love your background, by the way. If <laughs> if you have not seen our website or have spoken to Timmons, Steve, we always call him Timmons because we're... We're both Steve's, Steve's. here. At the, exactly. Two Steve's here at the office. Um, but Steve's been working with us for for quite nine a bit months. now. Yeah. Nine months and prior industry experience. So you've been in the industry for quite some time. Um, so today, just kind of wanted to talk about some of the uh, the stories and such, the, the frontline adventures, we'll call it that, that you hear just from interacting with prospects and clients on a regular basis. So first off, thanks so much for taking some time. I know you're busy throughout the day, just making phone calls and following up with prospects, clients on a regular basis. So to begin, we talk a lot about policy design, how to maximize cash value, how to use products, a little bit on the banking concept. From your experience, what do you see or what are some things that pop up with clients that you talk to on a regular basis that listeners might appreciate that they could be thinking about the same thing? Yeah, I know. It's a really good question. I like it when uh, folks come in, they've done a lot of research up front. You know, they've, they've looked at some of the videos, they've heard from other groups, they're looking to see what can I come in and get a second opinion, if you will. And the nice thing is when we come in and it's like, okay, I can understand your frustrations and I can see why you might not be happy with what you're finding. You know, they're looking for the perfect policy and um, all of a sudden it's not to their liking. And so when we start talking, I you know, start asking them, you know, what is it that you're really looking for? What's your objectives? How can we help you get there? Um, what, what do you have in mind? You know, and then they start talking and, and opening up and, and trying to make sure that we're taking time for them. Uh, because it is a busy world out there. And at the same time, we want to make sure that we're treating them with respect and um, understanding what their issues are that they're trying to face. Yeah, definitely. The perfect policy. That's the that's the uh, the big adventure at the end of the day. How do I get that? Um, so I know on policy design, you know your stuff there, how to optimize the cash value, different companies, limitations, which we won't get into a whole lot today. Um, but what I wanted to talk a little bit is what you had mentioned prior to us starting, which is the topic of leverage, where a lot of people you talk to on a regular basis not only want to stuff money into a policy, but know how they can use it after the fact, leverage it. Sure. Yeah. Want to go into a little bit on that? Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, there's several options that I look at. You can either put it in the bank and just let it sit there, let it ride. Um, that's nice. You know, you have good cash value later and you can use it on a rainy day much later. Or you can basically look at it to say, how can I actually increase it? How can I leverage it? use it to maybe buy real estate, all right? So if you buy real estate and you actually have renters or you flip the house, you make some more income on it, all of a sudden you're generating more and you're utilizing what you have in your cash value, which I always find to be very fascinating. So you start out with maybe $50,000. You see that there's a, a property down the street that's going, you know, it's on sale. Why not buy it? And then take the loan out from your cash. You've got it in liquid. You can take it out any given time. We've got a wonderful team to work with that make it very easy and seamless. And next thing you know, you've got cash in your hand. You buy the property, you rent it out, you fix it up. And all of a sudden now you've got some cash in hand or the market crashes, but you've got $50,000 sitting in your account. You can take it out to say, I know it's on sale and everything will return back to normal. You know, it does return back to normal. So all you have to do is just be a little patient, utilize it. Yeah, no, fully agree. So that that's a good point because 
probably who we work with more than anyone else, a lot of technical minded individuals, but also real estate investors. So I think what people are attracted to is, all right, I've got money just in cash. And yes, I can use it to go buy a piece of property. I can obtain a loan from a bank, but then the bank's got a degree of control. Specifically, if I'm a client, and this is a question I know comes up, how, how do I use the policy to buy this $500,000 piece of property? Like, how does it work, Steve? Like, how do I take the loan? I've got interest on it. It seems high at 5%. Like, how does that actually work for me? I want to see some examples. Can you walk Yeah, no, it's a really good point. Depending on, you know, where you are in the spectrum of cash going in, uh, you could say that I've got the policy and I can actually utilize it to say, I'm going to use it as collateral. I'm going to go to a local bank and maybe get it for three to four uh, percent, maybe 3.5 percent. And they can say, all right, they'll use a portion of whatever that cash value is, and I can get a loan through them at a lower rate. Or to make it easy, I can go straight to the insurance company and then based on their rates, five or six percent, depending on which company you go to, you can take out a loan that way. And the nice thing is, you know, if you have a car, you have to pay it off in four years through the bank. If you have a house, you have up to 30 years to pay it off. With an insurance policy, there is no time limit. We'll always say make sure you pay off the interest only so that way it doesn't keep growing beyond what you actually took out. But what happens is now you've got control. You can say, you know what? I know the next couple of years is going to be a little tight. I'll pay the interest, but then I'm going to get back into my game because COVID's over with and I'm working, income's coming in, and now I'm already set up you know, employees to be successful because what I just bought is going to be generating more income and I'm getting credit. I'm getting credit through the policy to start getting that 4% guaranteed. I'm getting credit that the money is still there you know, and through the different um, aspects of either direct or non-direct recognition, depending on which company you go with, you're actually getting credit for the money that you just used. So as opposed to going to the bank saying, I had 100,000, I took out 90% of it and I bought something. Great, you're only getting 10%. That 10% piece is only growing. Whereas mm -hmm. in an insurance policy, you're still getting credit as if the whole piece was in there. You got it. No lost opportunity cost, the constant right. compounding. Yeah. Yeah. That aspect is attractive to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So to kind of to kind of sum that up, so I mean, going directly through a policy loan, the disadvantage would be that the interest rate is high relative to what we can get elsewhere. Right. So so if that's the case, you mentioned that that cash value collateral loan. Want to touch on that a bit? So if I'm if I'm someone that's working with you, and I say, you know what, I like the idea of this policy loan where my money's always at work for me. It was in the bank doing nothing before anyway, so I love it, but I can't see myself paying five or 6%. Like I can get half that at a bank. Like I'm just not comfortable with it, Steve. Sure. Yeah, what happens is it's going to go to the bank and you're saying, I've got this piece of, I've got, I have a whole life policy and I have so much cash value into it. Let me take out a line of credit. And the nice thing is there's a couple of things that most people don't, they're not aware of. Uh, it's called Bowleys and Coley's. Uh, and basically what that is, bank-owned life insurance and company-owned life insurance. So when you start looking at the top 10 items on the ledger, there's life insurance that's involved. So the banks understand this. They understand that you actually have a life insurance policy. They understand the ins and outs. And so it's going to be much easier to get that loan through them, the line of credit. And then you can still write off the checks like you normally would. It's kind of like what you would do if you got a line of credit on your house. 
but this yeah. is another vehicle, another way to leverage it. Yeah, they get the product, kind of as your point there. Since they own it, they understand it and heavily utilize it. So, yeah, from experience, I mean, those loans are very simple. We take our policy to a bank, say, hey, I've got a hundred grand. I'd like a ninety thousand dollar line of credit. You get it within a week or two. The underwriting process is not that extensive, and it's done. And then I am on the bank's terms for interest only payments, but at the same time, I've got that interest rate that's much much lower. Right. Right. And when you can get it at 3%, yeah, you're saving three, you know, you could be saving almost half of the percentages, you know, what you might be giving to another company. Oh, yeah. We've got several studies on that, too, where we, we go into the numbers for people that are concerned about that. We want to be transparent and show them alternative um, because some people do not like the higher interest. But if you have someone that says, I don't care about the interest, I like the policy for the control aspect, kind of how would that work? So I ask, all right. You, you showed me how I can build up my cash value. I like that. It's flexible. You showed me how I can borrow from it to go purchase this property, but it is a loan. Steve, when I hear the word loan, I think I must make payments and I have interest that goes to the lender. I thought the interest went back to myself from other sources. Sure. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the things that a lot of people come to me saying, I thought that, you know, shouldn't I be paying myself that interest? It's not quite a 401k where people are used to saying, oh, put the interest back and it's yours. Um, it does go back to the insurance company. However, I always look at it as because there are, you, you control the time frame as to when you can pay it. You could take 10 years to pay it. You can take 20 years. You don't have to pay it at all. Pay the interest or not pay it at all. We'll run the numbers for you so you can see how is it going to fit for your needs and whatever you're buying or purchasing, hopefully that's going to also overset, you know, what, what type of money you might be paying, you know, in that. But we actually run the numbers to make sure that it's not going to collapse. We make sure that you don't have to pay anything extra at the very, very end. And we want to make sure that you still have a death benefit and the cash value uh, so that policy continues to grow. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you mentioned you, you run it to make sure it doesn't collapse. So a couple of things you mentioned, actually, one, I don't have to pay it back. And then uh, I'm going to try not to give too much information as if I'm the client <laughs> is I want to make sure it doesn't collapse, but I also don't have to pay it back. What what does it mean collapse? Like if that is going to happen, would you show me that? And like what what's the danger? What do I want to be aware of there more than right. Anything? You want to make sure that your cash value nor the death benefit goes to zero. If it goes to zero, that's when it collapses or another term for it is lapsing. Uh, if you stop, you can't make payments. Um, it lapses. So there's certain features that are inside the insurance that basically says, OK, if I missed a payment, they'll go to the cash reserves, meaning your cash value and pull out money to make the payment. If it's not there, basically, it's like, where do I go now? And that's why it would collapse. That's why we always try to say take out no more than 90 percent. And that way it's going to ensure that you still have money in there. We're going to be running the reports to show you through like age 99, however long we want to go for. But we'll say, where does it come up to be zero or where there's going to be a, a, a need for extra payments? And, and typically what we're showing based on the amount of money that's been put in there, based on the information you as the client tell me that you're going to be paying, we're going to show you exactly this is going to be a good offer or it's like, you know what, this isn't going to work. We need to do some adjustments. We need to change things quicker. Yeah, gotcha. And that's a, a beautiful point you mentioned there too, just providing that awareness of when it will not work. Because I think what happens, and let me know if, if you've seen this in your prior role, because I know your role 
was very, very similar with whole life insurance. It was more extensive with overall planning in terms of finance. But often, when it comes to leveraging a policy, a lot of people are afraid of showing an option that might not look good because then the client might say, oh, this isn't what I thought I'm not going to buy. So they try and make numbers up or just make scenarios up where it just looks good enough so we can sell it. It's like, don't don't do that stuff. I'll let you go ahead there because I know you see no, a lot. And that's a really good point. And that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about, you know, starting with IBC uh, is basically just the transparency, just trying to say, look, we're going to tell you everything about it. We're going to show you all the good stuff, right? Obviously, I'm trying to sell you something. The other side of it is, Truly, from the bottom of my heart, I like to help people out. I want to try to make sure that we're giving them something that's going to be beneficial for them. They've identified a need. They have, you know, I need some help. I don't know where else to go. And I'll show you and I'll show you the pluses and minuses on it because everybody needs to have a fair and balanced area. You need to know not just the good, but you need to know about like, hey, this is also going to affect you in this manner. There's going to be a certain fee or there's going to be a certain interest that's going to be charged or this is what's going to happen because I don't want to have surprises. Nothing's worse is to say, wait a minute, Steve, you never told me that this was going to happen. And, you know, and I'm like, well, you know what, I'm going to tell you everything up front. I want to make sure that you understand here's all those pieces. And yeah. therefore, you can make a decide, you know, a really sound decision. Yeah, beautiful. No, I, I love that. I mean, that's how I want to buy a product or, or a service. If I'm working with anyone, show me the options, make it transparent. Don't give me some surprise at the end of the day, which could mean don't neglect to tell me something that you might not think is important, but it really is important to sum it up. I mean, that's how it really works at the end of the day. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Gotcha. Let's uh, transition into a story you shared a little bit, and it has to do with setting expectations. So with your clients, I know you try and do this up front because, frankly, in the industry, sometimes when working with individuals, they could say, hey, I'm ready to go, and they're approved in two days or right. less. And then sometimes it's not two days. Sometimes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it's, I think it's comical because, you know, it's the comic relief of saying, all right, there's a couple of experiences where it just seems like it takes forever. And it comes down to things that we really have no control over. For example, mm -hmm. going to the doctor and trying to tell the doctor that, you know, I need my medical records. And for whatever reason, they're, they're too busy. And the funny thing that I find about it is that the insurance companies will actually help assist the doctors to help make that happen. And yet they'll sit on it forever. And so with this one particular client, I basically said, okay, they were prepared. They did a lot of research, made it a lot, uh, very fun to be able to talk with them and explain what was going on. And then I said, look, these are some of the things that might slow things down. For example, if you don't sign your, your uh, agreements, you know, to say that I'm, I'm willing for the underwriter to go through and, and review my stuff. If the medical records don't go through the doctor, that's something that's out of our control. Uh, but there's certain things that, you know, I'm responsible, you're responsible, et cetera. So this person took to heart. They went to their doctor to say, hey, I just want to let you know, I want to go get this uh, policy and it's important to me. And so what happened was within a very short period of time, it was just... It was so fast because she said, oh, my gosh, I wasn't aware that it was going to be this fast. I was under the impression it was going to take a lot longer. Well, I've had cases where it did take way too long. But in this example, she was like, oh, my gosh, you really you know, helped me prepare. And it's just more or less the psychology of it. Let you know these are the things that can get in the way. We'll do everything we can on our part to say we'll call the doctor's office. We'll try to remind them. But if you can come in on your side, too, to help them understand this isn't just for us as the insurance group. It's also important to you as the consumer. Yeah, right on. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing that because 
often you don't have control over that. That's a great situation where the client got involved to make sure, hey, I want this process to go quick. She informed the doctor and beautiful. That's a, a good tip. But not all clients want to do that. Not all clients can do that depending on their situation. So it's just setting the expectation up front. Like, hey, what's the time frame? When can I start? And again, being transparent. I mean, it could, could be a couple of days. On average, it might take between one to six weeks. Huge range. And, and the only reason it'll take six weeks is what you mentioned, medical records, in doctors' offices, they're busy. They've got a lot going on. You know, it could be a confusing request. Um, so, I mean, granted, there are a lot of them are trying to get things out quick too. Everyone's overwhelmed right now. Sure. So Sometimes the names don't match up. Sometimes yeah. it's uh, there's a lot of things that can get confused. It's you know because you were working through several different layers, and all of a sudden there's a trans. You know, the name gets switched. Somebody has multiple names. They go to the doctor and they give a different name. You know, those are things that I can't control. Um, but as a client, you know, let's just try to make sure we're you know as consistent as possible and try to make sure that we can dot our T's and cross our or cross our T's and dot our I's. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, those are always fun success stories, which can easily, I don't want to say become an unsuccessful story, but just a frustrating case for the client first and foremost, for the person trying to purchase the policy, they've got to wait because things just take long for whatever reason it's outside of everyone's control um, but how to just set expectations properly and then knowing how to maneuver it through underwriting as quickly as possible that way you've got consumer satisfaction which is the the name of the game absolutely absolutely definitely well thanks for touching on that anything else you wanted to mention today we're just about out of time yeah, uh, one of those things that very few people realize that um, you know I've had prior military experience, and so I've enjoyed talking to our fellow veterans. I spent 32 years in the military. Um, I was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, so every time you call me captain, it's kind of like a, a a demotion, if you will. But it's a captain, maybe an 06 for the Navy. Um, but it's always fun. You can call me Colonel. Uh, <laughs> we'll do. What can't I call you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me late for dinner. That's exactly. What like That's what I was fishing for. <laughs> I like Don't that call one. me late for dinner. <laughs> right but on. Uh, the, the neat thing is that we've got a large variety of people that we like to work with, and, and everybody's important. And whatever we can do to help out, to make sure that there are ways to do it. You know, somebody might tell you no, but we'll always try to find out that maybe somebody didn't dig deep enough. Maybe somebody didn't do the right thing or it was going to be too much. And, you know, I want to help out. I really do. I want to make sure that we can help uh, each individual for their specific needs and, and get them where they need to go. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, thanks for sharing that very much. Well, appreciate your time today. Everyone listening, feel free to reach out anytime. I know you've got IBC Global's contact info. You can see Steve's behind him. We, we also have his contact info at the bottom of this video uh, via the link. So please feel free to reach out anytime and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks so much, Steve. Take care. All right. Enjoy.